un nuevo día en la workroom. Who needs Duolingo when you've got international franchises of Drag Race? <laughs> exactly. But here we are over in the only Sissy That Pod Club in town for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future. Uh, mm -hmm. And we are getting into the nitty gritty of the latest episode of Drag Race España. Which my Snatch favorite pull quote from this week's episode was, where there's hair, there's fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, how, how dare they other people who are bald? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, there we go. That's body positivity, but obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you can where find you a give, reason for away. everything to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's jump into the episode. My first thing I would like to say is, I'm going to start off with a critique, you know, start negative, classic me. Um, it was a bit too long. And I'm worried, I hope this is just a once-off thing, but if this continues, we could end up in Italia territory. Now, it's far more engaging than Italia, but it didn't need to be 77 minutes long. No, it certainly did not. Um, I wondered if there was like a re-edit done because they were trying to like really highlight yes. the fact that like they were celebrating the life of what's it Vic Veronica or Vero was the name um, yeah Veronica Farouk Veronica Farouk so I was wondering if maybe they were, they were trying to ce celebrate her so they added in some additional stuff because anytime Sharon or they mentioned Sharon was on screen and they mentioned her there was like sort of a mournful yeah. piano I know playing it's underneath the music but <laughs> the I, in memoriam music was playing I also have a critique and it is a mm -hmm. critique for the Drag Race franchise, mostly the international ones. And I mean, because the international ones are the only ones that are actually trying it. But I am sick and tired of, you know, these, you know, poochy, uh, diverse um, pit crew members who rock in for one episode in the, in the early part of the season and then are never seen again. If you're going to give us a fat bloke, if you're going to give us a trans bloke, you can't just give them there one time and then revert back to type and be like okay now back to the back to the like adonises for the rest of the season it's like you don't get props from the community for bringing us in for tokenism thank you very I much i agree i also have in my notes where did the trans pick go that i actually was like maybe maybe it wasn't even this season but no obviously you noticed it too so it was the season um but also i do think that there was a lot of like shortening could have been done at different points like there is you know you didn't need to see every single person pick their poem out of the bag of and poems make a sex joke and, and supreme roll their eyes <laughs> and then see every single person do their like you know quick drag mirror moment and then every single person do like we saw we saw literally every person do every stage of that like chop that down give us an idea we don't care it felt like this was sponsored by the madrid arts and culture board that they were like we need to get poetry out there amongst the masses let's sponsor a mini challenge and get 12 of or eight of espana's primo poets and get them to tell like but actually at the end of the day it was dull i didn't even know what the poem was like I, I they were all different poems oh probably <laughs> but I I know I, I did actually realise that they were all different poems but I like I like I couldn't really understand like the like I was sort of like if this is if like if this was Drag Race Irlanda would it be like you were pulling like some Evan Boland or some Seamus Heaney you know out of the bag and you're all and so like everyone got it and knows it because we all did it for the leaving cert or is it just like you know yeah, or, or was it just 
You know, like, are they, they must be notable poets in Spain, is what I'm saying. Are they? Question yeah, maybe. Mark. But, like, do you want to see a Victoria's Secret read Ivan Boland's The War Horse while, with a, with a, while Linda a, Martin with a fan throws, in her face? While Linda Martin throws some Manhattan popcorn into her face. Yeah. Well, well no, I'd actually, like to see Linda Martin. Yeah. <laughs> now that I've described that, yeah, I actually would like to see it. <laughs> Okay, well, that's that problem solved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like for an episode that was what 77 minutes long the first 22 minutes was a chaotic opening of the queens licking and kissing each other and doing duck and goat noises and then straight into poetry appreciation but also like like i didn't learn anything about anyone or anything about drag or you know it didn't further the narrative of absolutely anybody for the first 22 minutes yeah, and there wasn't a prize. Was there a prize? There wasn't a prize. I don't remember. So, like, it didn't feel like there was any stakes involved in it. It was just like, oh, let's all play dress up and have a laugh. Um, and it certainly didn't need it. You know, like, and I, like I, I'm struggling now. I'm like, who even stood out to me in that? Like, DeMonte well, Mary Onyx, Brown, Onyx probably. Won. Onyx DeMonte... won the challenge. I don't know what they won, though. Okay, well, good for them, I guess. Um... Demonte stood out to me. I thought that they were quite good in this, in the in the mini challenge. Yeah, I think, but I can't really remember. I, I I can't remember really at all. Um, the only notable thing I was like, I enjoyed how Supreme was so sick of the sex jokes. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, me too, me too. Though to be fair, Supreme like really does lean into them. I did think it was funny when the like one pick crew member like turned around and started like pushing his bum out so I was like yeah I'll get you look at you grabbing every second of your screen time <laughs> <laughs> so once we pass the first 20 minutes there we get into the real the real meat of the episode and I don't I yeah I'll, I'll say that for the end but uh yeah I thought it actually was quite enjoyable I thought Sash game wasn't you know a big wasn't as good as other versions and I know you're kind of tired of it and I didn't get the chance to do as much research as I have done in the past but I did do a bit of research and I did actually quite enjoy some of the better impersonations. Um, what did you think? I don't know how, how much research. Like, oh, you no, I didn't get a chance to do any research because I literally okay. finished it before we came on to record. And Good. also, okay. I never do as much research. I just go off. Good feeling. That's yeah. how I live my life. But I so I genuinely felt like this read as the best of the non-English speaking Snatch games that we've had. I felt like it was the one that I could see where there was the highest high. So I think mm. that you could tell that Sharon and Vendita and to a lesser extent Georgie were, were doing well. And you could really see the skills between Vendita and Sharon particularly, you could see the skills that they like that you see in other snap in like the more mm. successful US or UK ones. You kind of saw that they were bringing those and it was like they were presenting a character that was fully realized. They were obviously embodying that character and doing a really good job of it. The, the struggle for me as is in a lot of these like comedy challenges and particularly improv challenges that like because I don't have the context and I don't yeah. and I'm not like getting it straight I'm like I'm having to read off the screen it does mean that's a bit more of a struggle for me so I could yeah, of course. Uh, so I think for I mean maybe it's the same for you for both of us no, no, yeah, I think too. that you could tell who was doing a good job but you couldn't really you know laugh along with them or see necessarily what about what they were doing was a good job that was yeah. my sort of feeling. No, it's it's a fundamental barrier to entry that we come across with all of them. Um, I do quite remember enjoying 
she who must not be named Vivaldi's Nikki Plesson in, in Holland too. The blah, 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 blah you know, Vortel Tart. Um, and there was maybe... She probably Google that tap- before she went on to Snatch Game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually, it was somebody else's uh, <laughs> uh, parody that she copied. But, uh, and I think, so, but yeah, I think, you know, it probably was up there. I, I really, really, really loved Bendita. And I think it's because I looked up this guy, Miguel Bosse, before, and... I kind of got the gist from kind of quickly. He's a 80s gay new wave music artist who, as you may have guessed, kind of came out. Hyper right wing. Hyper anti-lock. I don't know if he's right wing, but he's very anti-lockdown. And I looked up that two gram joke and apparently has some quote where he says he takes two grams of cocaine a day just to get himself true. So that was kind of what the joke was. So once I kind of got, I was kind of in on the joke. I just thought Benita Bondash so embodied him like, I think what you're saying there is right. It's like I lost Benita and I lost Sharona in those characters. I couldn't actually see them. I think that was really clear. And I found myself enjoying the joke then along with that. Yeah. And I, I, I picked up without doing any research. I picked up exactly. And I would imagine that, that the, the character Sharona was playing was like a sort of an, I love Lucy style, old comedy actress from like either tv or something back in the day that would be my Mm. guess you can tell me if i'm right or wrong but i you could really you understood who the character vendita was playing was you could see that there was kind of a um oh god what's the really over the top guy from vegas oh you know the one everyone always talks about him Um, the yeah yeah with matt damon liberace Yes, you could see that this was some kind of like a Liberace-esque style of individual who was like, mm. you know, drug-addled and had gone kind of right-wing loony bonkers or into like mm. anti-lockdown stuff. And I thought like the voice was also brilliant and it was a really good, like, here you go. This is the first time that Vendita's beard has like actually been a, like, yeah, a beneficiary. I, I thought that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the moment. This is its moment. This, to this is why she didn't shave it the whole season. <laughs> This is the long game, um, yeah. And like one of my first takeaways when I, when I watched, like when I went, I watched one of his YouTube videos, and I'm worried now that YouTube video is going to send my YouTube algorithm into anti-lockdown rhetoric. But anyway, um, that like he had these really intense eyes because he puts that eyeliner on, and I thought she captured that really, really well. Yeah, no, I thought I thought like her character, you you could you could read the intensity coming from her and. She was playing like, and it, like I think that was something that I saw in this that I haven't really seen on some of the other international franchises was that there was some good like cast interactions mm. uh, going on, and I think that you know you saw some of that with her and Sharon in particular was excellent. At, like I feel like as if Jirigi's character did better in the snatch game because they were positioned beside Sharon, who was sort of elevating them and by interacting and engaging with them like that thing with the cigarette and then the water bottle spritz like that was very funny and so i think that like her talent was spilling over because i think that jirigi didn't start very well i didn't feel with that like plastic bag on the head joke yeah i i had a different take on sharon's uh ad libs because Like I said, I thought they both got lost in the character, the best characterization. But I actually, I prefer when you save your funny till when you're asked and then you, you stay quiet. And I kind of felt Sharon did kind of what Poopy Poison did last year, which was kind of interrupt people and talk over them. And like I think it worked out for her in the end. But maybe because I didn't necessarily get all the jokes, I thought I found it kind of annoying. 
Uh, I thought when they came to her, it was really funny. Like, I, I just know she's an actress who recently passed away. I don't know much more, but I did watch a video and she does have this sort of like, sort of like wicked smile and fun sense of humor. And I'm guessing she regularly confuses who people were because that's the kind of joke she yeah. relied on a few times. Um, but I did feel I really got the character. So if I was to choose a winner, I would have chose Benita Bondash because I feel I prefer when they don't interrupt. They like save the burst of funny until the spotlight's on. I so I don't. I think that it's a it's a it's a. So if you think back to the snatch games of of of, of yesteryear, like mm. the sort of the famous Asia O'Hara as um as Beyonce engaged like interacting with the vixen, yeah. and how that became like so oppressive that it took over the vixen's posi- like performance mm. as well. It's like you can't go into that role or like Snooky lo- Snooky wants smush, to smash smush. Smush. like okay. but if if you can elevate the joke or if you can bring someone else into the comedy with you, I think that's okay. Like sort of Bianca did that a bit on this, on, on their season. Which is why I feel like, you know, the which is why I feel like she did quite well because it felt like she was elevating the people who she was engaging with, particularly mm. Jirigi. Yeah, I think she did. I agree with you. She, I think she elevated Jirigi. But I think those ad libs are good. I think when like somebody flatlines, if you can jump in there with a good joke, that's excellent. Like I always think of Alaska's "I'm Black" by Injection. Like when someone else flatlines, she's yeah. like, oh, but moments back on her. I think if you, uh, the way I see it is, if you drop the ball, someone else is well within the right to go pick up that ball and take. Absolutely, it we originated the language. Classic. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was Sharon, and yeah, I did think it was funny how they. It was. <laughs> It was like a strict in memoriam music, whatever. It was about her outside of the Snatch Game, which I thought was funny. Also, I loved those two judges, Jeanette and Ava Hash. I don't know anything about them, but Jeanette was very funny. I loved her answer. Carmen I, Farala covers herself in poopy poisons diarrhea. That was the first laugh I got in the whole thing. I, I really enjoyed Jeanette. I also enjoyed mm. like that like one frozen sort of horrified face they kept going back to of hers. That like yeah. sort of one was like, ugh. They're not doing well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the reaction gif of the episode. Uh, but yeah, I thought the two of them were really funny. I, I enjoyed both of them. I was trying to figure out was Judas a drag queen or just an exceptionally draggy woman? Yeah, I wonder, was she a comedian? Because she was very funny. It says here that she's an actress. So then just a very draggy woman. <laughs> yeah. Judette Veneno. So she's a... Uh... Named after Eleven, I know, I think. And transsexual activist of the LGBT. That was an English translation there. Good for Jeudette. And she's in that show that Australia did a character of... um, Anyway, let's move move on. Jirigi, uh, from what I... This is the one I could work out the least. It's like a YouTube skit or character and she has a neighbor called Isabel that's all I could really work out I didn't really love Jirigi in this I love Jirigi but I kind of felt like they just cut to I sometimes I was wondering if they cut to Supreme laughing for something else just to show she was getting a good edit because I didn't get any of the jokes I didn't get any of the jokes but I could okay. tell that there was sort of a like I, I thought that the first thing seemed to flatline but then there were times during the performance I can't remember exactly what it was now there's one or two times during the performance where you kind of got the impression that she was winning yeah um and you could see her and I'm not even just going based on like the fact that you had like Supreme like losing her shit laughing but like because mm. you could actually see that she was holding her own I, like even that exchange between herself and um 
the exchange between herself and uh, and Sharon I Sharon. thought was really good hmm. with the with, with the water bottle and then there was something else she said something to to to, to drag Setlas when they were kind of engaged and it was very funny um yeah but yeah like you're like uh, she was some she was a good bit further behind the other two in terms of the quality yeah. of the characters she put out but she definitely was the third best because the rest there was like and I, I think that actually before we get there the, the judging was exactly right in this episode mm-hmm. there was the two safe queens who were definitely safe there was the three bottom queens that were definitely in the bottom and then those were the the, the three top queens yeah no I, I totally agree with the with the judging as well um so then the other one on the top then was onyx who gave us on the bottom joanne de castile who seems to have been this crazy um spanish nobility who was married to one of the habsburgs of the austrian empire but i think the she her dad was the crazy king and she was the crazy king's daughter something like that that's the kind of only gist that i got but like ultimately it's it's the same way you play rose as mary queen of scots or lady camden as shakespeare or any other old characters whose personality we don't know is you choose you choose a personality that's funny and you run with it effectively yeah and i don't know that she really did that um like i think that like onyx came out the gate so strong in the first episode with the looks Mm. and performance and everything else and then i think you know has been on that downward trajectory since episode one um and like i I don't necessarily like you could kind of see in the last two weeks that maybe that they weren't long for this series um and i think that you know it was a strong enough episode and I think they, yeah, the character wasn't very funny and I didn't understand any of the humour with it. And you could tell because you could see the fear behind her eyes of like, oh shit, I'm fucking this up. Yeah, and I am actually delighted they sent her home. Not because I dislike her, because I do really, really like her. But it goes to show that, like when they do this, sorry, what, what I'm getting at is she'd already won a challenge. Diamante had like, has had a reasonably average track record thus far so like everything would tell you that the show convention would say that because onyx has won a challenge and it's her first time in the bottom that she would go home and she probably didn't deserve to go home because i think diamante did a better or sorry i think diamante didn't deserve to go home because she did a better lip sync but i think that they were willing to actually kick out the person who's the worst of the week goes to show that the stakes are actually higher now because anyone could go home at any point and you're not necessarily going to be saved and yeah. I much prefer that, especially coming off the back of season 14. Oh my God, you have no idea how tightly every part of my person was clenched when it was at the point where I was like, there better not be a double fucking Shantae. I was like, I am sad to see Onyx leave, but I want to see Onyx leave mm. because I am... I want to see someone leave. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like I, I am like, I need this competition to have a format to it where we are progressing towards a finish line. Mm. And like... You know, it was. I I thought it was as 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 lo- a bit longer in this episode was than it needed to be. I think it was kind of, it felt worthwhile at the end because you had a really compelling story running through it. Particularly once you get to the snatch game, where you see Demonte do very badly, you see um, Onyx do quite poorly. Onyx definitely has the better track record. Demonte is the one who looks like she's going to go home and then turns out a really fantastic lip sync to a very difficult song and you know you could easily have made an argument for both of them to have said 
and they chose not to which i was really happy for to be honest i just was very yeah. happy about that and i appreciate it and it brings me back to early days of drag race where it felt like everything was on the line like you know anyone could go home really you know yeah. and i think now now you can feel people like got mick walk in and you're like well they're going to be straight into the final because they're getting a an edit and like they're a great queen and, and they're great on tv every single week but like some things feel like a foregone conclusion in a way that they didn't in the beginning yeah no that is true like there does there does feel like there's there are often in the u.s one like there is queens who kind of will get like a bit of a pass to midway through the season or there's people who mm. obviously kind of aren't going anywhere and like you lose out on getting to know queens who perhaps have more potential in order to keep someone who has like a big Instagram following around or someone who has like, yeah. you know, a particular story. Samantha Ballantyne, for example. Samantha Ballantyne, exactly. You should have been gone and we should have gotten to know, well, actually, no, the first week I was happy enough. Marisa, Marisa Prisa. Marisa Prisa. No, we didn't need any more of that. <laughs> anyway, let's move down the line to Marina, who gave us Antonia Delant, uh, who was one of Giorgio Armani's muses. She, I watched, I watched some of her talking through some of her iconic looks with Vogue. I think she's just one of those legendary Italian fashion house models, legends. And I think that was kind of explained when Sharon said that she wanted to do um, Donatella Versace, yeah. but that Antonia is more of an icon, maybe in Spain. Um, but yeah, I think that came across. It wasn't hilarious now, but I think I think the character was there. Yeah, initially I. Uh, when when the walkthrough was going on I misread or misunderstood what was going on and thought that she was going to do Nancy Diolio and I was very <laughs> very excited Sven Gunner <laughs> and I was very excited for that but you know we got this other character and I was like yeah that was fine it like it, it didn't there was like I could, you could see that there was a lot of visual stuff going on obviously with wearing the, the enormous amount of white powder on the face and like the huge amount of highlight mm. and you know the fried hair but I yeah I didn't I, I didn't I wasn't gagging but then again I also couldn't follow what was going on so I didn't yeah. know if I needed to be gagging yeah fair um, Drag Sethlos gave us Carmen Lomana who is like a really really rich posh businesswoman and fashion designer and just sort of known for being really really rich i guess um and yeah obviously she got the dud edit i actually quite found her funny though in that accent and look i don't know maybe this this isn't how she speaks or maybe this was perfectly intelligible to spanish speakers but i kind of enjoyed how she'd start speaking and then she brought that up and then she'd just trail off and it sounded like she wasn't saying anything <laughs> by the end of it. i thought that was quite funny and her little egg-shaped head with i just i just found her as a character who i didn't know who she was it was very entertaining and i could have watched her for longer yeah i mean obviously the the edit was telling me she wasn't doing well so i was like yeah. okay and i didn't like i was sort of reading the character based on what was being presented in front of me and i sort of was like oh this could be like a cast made on the spanish version of selling sunset that's kind of mm. what i'm guessing yes and I, yeah I, I thought that she, she was, actually looked like mary i think i think she looked like the, a sort of egg-headed mary <laughs> an egg-headed mary how do you eat yours <laughs> um, but i yeah i, I guess that there, there was another character that had like a more high pitched voice and a kind of like a more exp that like the judges were like, why yeah. didn't you do this character? And I mean, you know, perhaps that's a choice that uh, that Seth Les should have made. But yeah, you could see that in the same way that Jirigi 
belonged in the top but wasn't at the top i would say that setless belonged in the bottom but wasn't in the bottom um yeah agreed yeah and look there'll be spanish people who'll know the ins and outs of this who'll be able to you know tell us that we're wrong but from our own you know with our own education background yeah Yeah. i quite enjoyed how funny she was now someone who we knew a lot about is rupaul what went wrong here so i'm going to say well done on that look because yes you are if you're going to do rupaul you're never going to be able to do a look that's going to come anywhere close to rupaul like in terms of the glamour required Mm. so choosing that one look was you know or else you do like project runway rupaul or like some of like rue's worst moments that's what you have to do you have to do rue's worst moments yeah basically. I, I mean that could have been like an intent like a, that could have been another way of if because like that that rupaul look for the like that rupaul project runway look is iconic but also very cheap because it's just a white shirt and a wig mm. like there was no reason that you couldn't have done like a change from that rupaul into the other rupaul and like have kept the gag visually. I think the problem though was that I, I don't think that there's any way, like I just think it's too complicated to get from RuPaul to a Spanish comedy speaking, speaking com- like it just, it's, you know, yeah. like I think that you would like need to have, like, like I think that in order to do RuPaul, in that scenario, you would have had to do it entirely in English. You would have had yeah. to be playing up the fact that you were usually hosting the gig. You would have had to be playing up the fact that you didn't know what people were saying or why you were mm. here. Like you would have had to do a share on Snatch Game, Chad Michaels, kind of like, why didn't they book me on these chicken sheets? Kind of like, mm. but yeah, I mean, going down that same Jessica Wilde vulgar road, I just was like, no, no, not here, not for this. Yeah, like, I was, you know, we know Rue struggles with saying words like every week, you know, it's cut out that she has to several times say I've made some decisions properly because she just can't say it. You know, you could have, when there was that question about Carmen Ferrara or somebody else, she could have pulled out a photo and said, what would they have said to the younger self? Like I think there was things they probably could have played off there, but I think you've already jumped the shark when you're showing us Rue through a Spanish language. I just, it's, it's not going to work. I don't think. No, no, it's not. And I think like, if you're going to like a brave choice, I mean, Mm -hmm. but obviously didn't, didn't work out. I mean, no, just, just very much. Actually, I don't know if it was a brave choice. I think it was a stupid choice. I mean, mean, we often give people brave because they do something that was reckless and probably not going to work out. And it was like, no, you should know what your limitations are and should have picked a character that was going to be give you more scope to do stuff with. I would say a choice is a stupid choice when there's no way it's going to work. Do you think there's no way you can do a good RuPaul for Snatch Game? I think there was no way DeMonte Mary Brown was going to do a good RuPaul for Snatch Game. Okay. Like, I think... So stupid because she didn't know her strengths. I, like, I mean, I would say, you know what? All winners season two, Bob the Drag Queen does RuPaul. I'd be there for that. Yeah, I'd be there for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we discussed uh, whoever was sitting beside oh no who's on this and then so the last one is Estrella who gave us Paquita Salas do you remember there was a guy Braze Efe who was a guest judge last time yes. and he was kind of a drag queen yeah so this is the character that he plays in the show that the Havis created 
who's a talent agent. And I think Estrella acted it very well. It definitely felt like this lady was a character. I could definitely imagine her in Manny and Adventure. She just didn't make it funny. Yeah, it, it had the, the season 14 Snatch Game edit. It was like all the component parts are there, but none of them are singing together. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, which is a shame, because I think there was definitely a good Snatch Game in there. I, I oh yeah absolutely and there was a great snatch game like I think she, mm. that that I think a different like I, she could come back and do a different uh, if she has appropriate levels of English to come back and do a versus the world in that you know we we could hopefully see her do mm. something amazing but um yeah it was a pity because she's been consistently very very strong and very very funny throughout the season so I think it was yeah. it was it was unfortunate for her that she didn't bring it as hard this week because this could have been her like solidifying herself as the second horse in the two horn two horse race yeah agreed um so that brings us on to there was a mirror moment for onyx which was like oh, the death knell yeah <laughs> and then we get on to the runway before that we have a guest judge of maria leone and the first thing i thought when i saw her was like oh she looks like katie wazel Oh, why was I thinking about Katie Wazel recently? I was wondering where she was. And then I thought, I should tell Keen about that and he should see if we can get her on to see that pod for season 14. I had the same thought. I was like, maybe Katie Wazel would want to come on. And then I figured she probably does not want to be contacted by anybody in media after the <laughs> shit she's gone through. Um, so La Categoria was Spanish Dolls. Unless I misexplained, I didn't feel it was a very clear category, really. Like, people just sort of was like, oh, I like disco, make disco into a doll. I like matadors, let's make matadors into a doll. But I thought there were some good looks here. There was lots of good looks, and I, I felt as if, like, I just took it that the category was just dolls. Be mm. a doll. Be a doll. Um, yeah. And there was some great looks that I did really enjoy. So Marina was the first. She gave us that big old disco ball, and then it was like a sort of robot moving person with big old balloon boobs. I really loved the big M hair. I haven't seen something like that in a while. Marina always does good runways, and this didn't feel any different. To that. Yeah, it was very solid. No, absolutely. I loved it. I loved the moving, moving the hair from one place to another. I I loved the popping, yes. the popping of the boobs. Off. Did you well, see it fall off? That wasn't. Mm. That wasn't. Um, that wasn't lus- luscious. Um, yeah. yeah, the popping of the boobs I enjoyed. I liked the weird hair. I thought solid look. I liked the disco balls on the head. And also there's such like a deliberate way to her movement. Like even when she like was set, like putting the, the disco ball down, like she was so like mm. in sync with both her hands. Like there was a real kind of dance really performative element to it that I just was like, wow, that's impressive. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely enjoyed her on the overall. I think she was up there one of the best. I think so too. Diamante Mary Brown gave us the doll that's described in the song by La Oreja de Van Gogh called Munesco del Trapo. Uh, Yeah, no, not for me. Thanks very much. Uh, I just thought it looked kind of like we have seen quite a few voodoo dolls on the drag race stage at this point. And I feel as if like the one she gave us herself only two weeks ago, the kind of sack doll voodoo thing that she did. Mm, I was like... The monster, yeah. Yeah, I was like, actually, that was much more interesting than this look. Um, and, the, the like, the weird mittens on the hands. I was like, mm. they look like gingerbread hands rather than, like, creepy straw hands. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy this. Were they straw? I thought they was, like, 
Like teddy bear hands. Oh, maybe they were. I was looking at what they were meant, meant to be made kind of like out of like a sacking thing. But anyway. Yeah, like Hessian. Yeah. Uh, the, like it wasn't, like it wasn't fashion, but it wasn't concept enough to be concept. It kind of fell in between. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't love it. Uh, Seth Lass gave us that naked non-binary doll, which I, I thought really like was striking yeah absolutely and i i think you know if you talk about little eggheads like right there beautiful like uh, <laughs> she is the queen egghead yeah and it's like you know what drag race Hispania, if you're not going to wear a wig on the runway that's how you do it um mm-hmm. i thought i yeah i thought she looked stunning i loved it um i i feel like i do wish that she'd found a different way to incorporate the non-binary flag because i just thought mm. that the purse felt a bit random and also it looked mm. like like it kind of looked like she was one of those dealer no deal gals <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i was like i was a bit like i wish it was a different way of kind of incorporating mm. that in into the the storyline because it was a bit kind of just i don't know it was just a bit random yeah yeah it was a bit but no one of my favorites um onyx gave us a ladro doll which i believe is a porcelain collectible doll one of the creepier varieties of doll if you ask me um in this episode we see two of onyx's most like prettiest looks which i thought was worth appreciating yeah and i loved the the paint on this the way it was kind of made look like sort of i don't know like like porcelain paint that was like chipped mm, over time sh- like shiny yeah, yeah like i thought that was gorgeous i liked the way that she walked and the character she brought with it uh, and also i was like that's a that's a doll it's a doll maury that's a doll like <laughs> you know i got the i got the connection i knew who it was <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um sharon then gave us a pillow doll uh, which seems to be a traditional Spanish thing. I liked how she described it for us. And then it was revealed into Tila from Master of the Universe. Solid. When I saw this, I instantly thought, I wish someone would come out as one of those dolls that sits over the toilet roll in your grandmother's bathroom. Oh, yeah. That'd be I good. was like, Why, where is that Where is that doll? Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that the reveal didn't make any sense to me. That's what it was. The reveal made no sense to me mm, because I was like, didn't tie into the original yeah, thing. No, not not at all. Like it was very much kind of two entirely different concepts, sort of just like thrown together. Yeah, I agree. Um, but two good ones. But yeah, like it wasn't the strongest. This was like it's like a six out of ten. Yeah, I'd I'd buy that too. Yeah, six out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jurigi gave us. She, I didn't. I really liked this look, but I didn't understand her description of it. Music box, ballerina, nutcracker. To me, it was more like Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, I think it was meant to be like a kind of a demented music box. So you open it up and there's your like little black swan ballerina sort of like spinning around the place and you're about to be murdered, you know? Yeah, she did like have some sort of allegory for her transness in there. That I kind of missed taking notes. Did you pick that one up? Yeah. So I I don't even know whether it was like, like it seemed to be more a kind of a, a memory she had of, of being of the hardship of being the only trans person in an all, like of being the only trans female person in an all female space and kind of how difficult she had found that. But I did like, I, I didn't feel like as if they expanded on it very much. 
Because she just said like, oh, and it was, I think it was like, and this is a representation of the sadness and depression I felt when I was feeling like an outsider. I, I got, that's all the impression I got. From right. It. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have got that from the look necessarily, but um, I think she looked great. I love those like really over exaggerated eyelashes yeah. and stuff that she had. So she has like one of the best wardrobes, I think, on the show. Yeah. And this didn't disappoint. Benita Bondash. This was the most confusing. So she was a, a doll with a cape, and then she revealed that it was like different sort of accessories from, ex- but from I, all around Spain. I thought it was meant to be that she was a sex doll, and this was the like sort of equipment the person, the, the pervert, had bought to go with their sex doll. But why was she a matador? Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it looks nice and it looks like a well constructed garment I think she delivered it well I just was very lost as to how it was a doll because because frenzied bull like men come charging at her <laughs> uh, no yeah, I don't I, I didn't disconcerting. I didn't tie all of the storyline together on this it was dissimilar yeah. it was kind of similar to to Sharon where it was like a little bit too many concepts flying about the place to have a have well, at a least singular I got your own concept. I just didn't get how they tied together. Whereas I, I didn't understand any of these concepts. Yes, that is true. Um. Finally, another confusing uh, runway look was from Estrella, who gave us a literal doll head, which I thought was very striking and kind of creepy, and kind of reminded me of the big baby from Toy Story. And then took it off into some fetish gear and ate a kebab. I mean, isn't that what you want to see on the stage of <laughs> any drag race competition? I got stressed out when she was spilling that kebab meat all over the stage. I thought that, I, was, that was a step too far. I honestly am kind of like, <laughs> I mean, I was blown away by it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and when I saw that, I instantly was brought to a different kebab, the beautiful kebab shop in the Yumbo Centre of Gran Canaria and how many of those kebabs I have eaten and spilled down the stairs of the Yumbo Centre as I've been leaving. And I think to myself, go for you, go you, Estrella. That's exactly what I want to be reminded of. Uh, no, I thought it was, I thought it was a brilliant look. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, the concept was, I don't even know what it was. Like, I don't know mm. where the, the kebab came into it. I don't know what this... Do- I, I loved the initial look with the, like, paper doll kind of mm. thing and the, like, mm. creepy doll head. And I, I think maybe just, like, if she'd been able to just change that a few times and stick with that, it would have been, like, really a bit more impressive because it, yeah. it wouldn't have got it as confusing. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought she looked fab as well in, in the, like, the, the lingerie she was wearing. She did. I just didn't get really understand it. I would have, like you said, keep the doll head, change the looks, turn around, have another face in the back of it. I think that would have been yeah. a lot more effective if possible. Um, but like she was safe, so it's fine. We'll get to see more of her. Onyx, well, Sharoon won. First queen to win two and has been in the top uh, for the first five weeks. I did a reel on the best top five track records. That's over on our Instagram page if you haven't seen it. So she'd be in the top five, I think, with this track record. Mm-hmm. So her and Carmen Frella, both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that means she has the crown at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Onyx and Diamond had lip sync. I think that was absolutely fair. To Thalia, Song, Arasando, and best lip sync of the season by oh a by a amount. country mile like yeah. by like this is like okay finally you're 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 kind of getting into gear you're firing on all cylinders 
Um, also like a, an extremely difficult song to live like they acknowledge it during it that like how difficult a song it is to lip sync to because there's so many like lyrics and the mm. like it's all kind of just like gibberish almost um, yeah. and I think it's clear like it's clear pretty early on that Demonte is owning that lip sync yeah it kind of annoyed me that Onyx was doing that thing that you said you didn't like either of standing in front of. That annoys me. I was trying to decide whether that was on purpose or just because like they were kind of lost in their performance. But then it happened a couple of times and I was like, okay, yeah. th- this feels pointed. And I thought like fair play to like DeMonte just literally like, you know, not like kind of just re- like retaliating, just like giving her own performance and not paying too much attention to what else was happening exactly or doing a background thing like that yeah. like i think it was yeah i thought i thought she did a good job as well um so onyx left which is sad like because she was such an interesting force on the runway but yeah i think she showed that she wasn't as forceful in the challenges yeah i agree and i think that she kind of like i think she said of she set an amazingly high bar for herself in that like first mm. two weeks with the looks and I think that she is obviously going to go I think she could go easily go down as like one of the most exciting or interesting kind of runway creators that we've had in, in the in yeah. our franchise um, but I do think she wasn't translating that into power in the actual challenges so I was happy enough to see her go and I guess it is kind of disappointing because I think she'll do a much better job at the ball next week than Diamante would. In fact, I might say Diamante might be going home next week based on that. Um, but yeah, I think, look, ultimately, I think she was the worst in the episode. And for that reason, she yeah. should have gone. And I'm glad that they actually followed through with it. Yeah, me too. Send the worst bitch home. Uh, it's pretty easy. <laughs> you surprised every episode that doesn't happen. <laughs> Uh, Charitza Mays on next week's episode I'm very excited for that I think that will be that'll be a lot of fun like Charitza is mm. is a very fun character and it'll be great to see her back on the on the drag race stage also it'll be kind of following suit with the tradition of UK international UK based international UK queens like appearing on their home franchise because we had Crystal on Canada now we've got to have Charitza mm-hmm. on um Charita on Spain. Spain. True, so, yeah, exactly. And we had Envy Peru on Spain last year. As well. Oh, that's so, true. How do you feel about former contestants behind the judging panel? Um, I I don't know. I suppose in a way it's, like I really like Teresa, so I'm excited for her because I think she'll be funny and it'll be entertaining. But mm. then it is kind of something of like, are you creating a hierarchy in within the drag race world, which is drag competitions where you've been judged by RuPaul are in intrinsically better or of more value than ones where you haven't been if you were well, going to envy peru well envy peru is a winner okay you know what i mean so i kind of am like yeah mm. so yeah so it, by having it specifically with 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 Charisse, i suppose to raise that question of because even on the canada one like she just popped into the she just popped into the mm. to the um to the mini, to the challenge. mini, mini challenge whereas to be on the, the main stage I don't know. I'm, I'm more excited for it because I like her as a person than I am like reservations. But not not just like what you described there. What? How do you feel about the Vivian being behind the judging panel in UK or Alaska being a guest judge in the US? Like, how do you feel about that? It would very much depend on the person. Like, I think that if they were to invite Bianca back to be a judge, I would or or Bob. I would probably mm-hmm. be like, okay, I I buy this. 
but if it was someone like say I could I could very easily see them just by the the relationship that Rue seems to be forming with Simone. I could see Simone kind of like appearing in some kind of a capacity like that at some point, and I'm like, you know what, that wouldn't feel right to me because you want someone who okay. kind of has a history in, like who, who has like a I don't know a proven track record since the show of like being able to be a successful drag performer on the one. However, I don't see foresee that we'll ever get um, a drag queen on the panel alongside RuPaul yeah and I, I'd like to see the occasional one like I know they bring Jinx Monsoon back to for a walkthrough on Snatch Game and stuff like that but like I don't think they should be like I guess in the US they have access to such great celebrities that it's kind of whatever fine yeah. but I you know I'd like to see it occasionally yeah I I would I also would like an acknowledgement of the drag channel challenge that has existed outside of like kind of like we got with the hot chocolate thing at the, at the finale mm-hmm. where it's like you know like that there are other trailblazing drag queens and yes RuPaul has like you know blazed a brighter trail perhaps but like there are other people who've done it as well and like yeah like why has Lady Bunny never been a guest judge that is true like I'm assuming Lady Bunny has never wanted to be a guest judge and I'd say that by the like I would say that seasons one to three you, you would have imagined that like you know they were they you know they weren't booking the big guns so you know why wasn't she up there i i, I think it's because rue has i'm the only drag queen behind the desk rue. yeah because like lady bunny's gonna do the roast and all stars five like she's obviously up for a bit of tv the yeah. parents money and a bit of crack so like she'd be great judge she's very funny uh, you know I think and she does drag she can give critique she's probably friends with some of the queens there's no reason why she couldn't do, be a guest judge other than Rue doesn't want her there do we think that the um, Olive Branch being restated from RuPaul towards Pablo Vitar might indicate oh maybe mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean that would make sense like not that she'd be on because of that but like Pablo Vitar is at the right caliber to be a guest judge yeah, I think so. Like, I think it is, you know, like even to have a lip sync song. You've you've had you've had your Charlie XCX. You know, you've had your Kim Petras. You know, give the give the queers what they want. Mm-hmm. Give the kids. Yeah. Although I do think that for RuPaul to have a drag performer who is musically acclaimed, <laughs> it would be like like a beautiful trigger. A beautiful young drag queen who is musically acclaimed and has more followers on every social platform. Might might sort of, you know, knife RuPaul in some places. But, but Pablo was open about how much like Ru inspired them. So like if Ru can get over his ego. So that's it for us this week. If you want more content you can always check out the new pod which is out there in the world uh growing legs it is and i mean you know a good time to get into it because you're gonna miss us in your regular um your regular feed of a of a monday morning so now you can get us on a sunday morning for the next for the next nine-ish weeks as we chit chat about different queer media juggernauts Mm mm-hmm definitely so yeah like you said you you guys uh if you listen and you enjoy let us know if you've anything you'd like us to cover we're always open to hearing uh new suggestions because there's loads of things we want to cover ourselves yeah. so yeah have a listen and enjoy and do let us know because uh, you you know you're, you're family here guys you're family mm-hmm. so let us know what 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 you thought of the show of the the new pod if you get a chance to listen and also kind of you know what what reflections you might have on some of the the topics that we could choose 
Exactly, exactly. All right, we'll be back to you next Thursday. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. Bye.